Well, hello, everybody. It's me and my cat, once again, who's, and I have to introduce her because she keeps rubbing her head against the microphone. Uh, as if I'm not petting her enough, she's got to make sure that the microphone pets her uh, more uh, or as much as I am. Okay, that makes sense. Anyway, hello again. Still sober with John Rabin. I, yeah, I had to skip last week. It, uh, I don't know. It was a lot going on. Um, it was the, uh, I had surgery on Monday. So I was not up for doing it on Monday. And on Tuesday, still had the catheter in. And <laughs> my mom asking me if I actually wanted to have, she's like, are you working on, are you working on material? You know, like catheter material? I don't think I'm working on catheter material. Thanks. I appreciate it. But uh, no. Um, so just in case you didn't uh, listen to the, what was it? Like a minute and a half um, <laughs> last week. I, yeah. So I had uh, everything kind of, happened real quickly. I had uh, started having blood in my urine. And um, after uh, wasting my time at a uh, like a walk-in clinic thing who did nothing for me, I ended up going to the ER um, to hopefully get some antibiotics, got like a CT scan and everything. And then uh, they recommended going to a urologist and I did. And that was when they took a look inside of me and a very painful process that I'm not going to go into, but just by saying that, you know what I mean? And that's when they discovered that there was a, a small tumor on the side of my bladder. Um, so that was what the surgery was as they, they removed it. Uh, doc said it was even smaller than he thought it was going to be. Um, and they do this process where they fucking leave like a, chemo solution in the bladder and you hold on to it for like a like an hour and then they flush it out so it's like all right well now we're going to nuke the area and test the test the tumor and uh, have a follow-up this week which is basically the follow-up is going to tell me you know looking at the tumor is pretty much going to dictate how often I got to see a urologist. You know, are you coming in every three months? Are you coming in every six months? Are you coming in once a year? I guess this is what it's going to dictate. But uh, but it was kind of scary. It was kind of a, um, you know, just the whole, the whole thing just kind of like rocks you when you're like, oh, shit. You find out, uh, of course, that the um, tumors in a, uh, in a bladder are caused by smoking. Is the, the biggest cause by if you've longtime smoker, which I was. Still are. No, it's vaping now. That's not, it's not the nicotine doesn't cause the tumors. It's the carcinogens in the actual smoke that you were inhaling, holding in, feeling the burn, going, yay, this is amazing, and then exhaling it. Now do that for about 20 years, see where it gets you. So. 
put things in perspective, it really made everything just kind of quiet. Honestly, um, it did this. There's this double whammy thing that happened at work where I have a control issues, as I've mentioned, practically every week on this podcast. And so a big fear of mine at work is things getting out of control. You know, me missing time and coming back and everything's a mess. And it looking like not being going to be able to hit a goal and all this other stuff. And so all of that came to fruition, like at the same time, because I went back to work this week. Um, but I can't really lift anything heavy, you know, not doing a whole lot of lifting. So um, just taking it easy. And of course, everything is behind, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh We've got like a big order in connection with MotoGP that's happening here in in Austin. But, you know, you sit there and, you know, start thinking about your own mortality, you know, because if I hadn't done anything to this, this thing would have – nobody dies from bladder cancer. You die with it. You know, it spreads to other areas and then ultimately kills you because you decided not to to do anything about it because you didn't want somebody to stick a camera – in your dick. <laughs> I mean, really, it's, it's guys are like, I'm not going to have them put that inside me. All right. Well, good luck with all that. So, um, but, but it was one of those things where the, when your fear is realized, it's kind of like exposure therapy when you kind of, it's, like I've, um, I coined a phrase calling, uh, say, talking about like psychologically, especially when it comes to recovery, about putting yourself through hell because you're afraid of uh, purgatory, to where your your mental anguish, your psychology, everything that you're doing to yourself is actually what's happening in your head is way worse than the actual thing that you're afraid of. And then, you know, so so to walk in and just kind of see everything kind of a mess and all the work that I knew that was coming up this week and everything and just kind of going, okay. <laughs> just kind of looking at it going, all right. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't the end of the world. Whatever. I'm cool. Because ultimately, you know, real world shit, stuff that you're dealing with is more important than um, – you know, things that, uh, it's like, what happens? What's the, what's your worst case scenario at work? You know, rich people won't have the glasses that they wanted to while they're sipping booze and watching people ride motorcycles in a circle. Oh no. How will they get by? So that's kind of that, that's, you know, it's one of those things where you're just like, oh, right. Well, things are, things are all right. You know, just trying to figure out uh, – I don't know. Just trying to figure out everything. You just kind of like sit there. I don't know. I just went to – like I went to the grocery store and uh, to buy some food for work. And I'm just like, I think it might be time to grow up 
food wise. <laughs> maybe maybe it's time to stop eating garbage. Not that this this is related to the health issue or anything like that. It's just that uh, it might be time to eat adult food. John, you are not a college freshman living in the dorm. You are almost 50. You're turning 50. And uh, I don't know, you may want to eat something with um, vegetables. Then something that doesn't end <clears throat> that doesn't end in burrito. Maybe try eating that. Maybe get on your wife's health care plan so you're not having to pay stuff out of pocket like a fucking moron. Oh yes, you saved money for so many years, but guess what? Now you got a thing. Good thing you've been saving money, but maybe it might be time to play the game. These are things that uh, that I was kind of going going through and thinking about. So that's where I'm at, but I'm doing all right. But it does it does make things kind of quiet, and then you kind of turn around and you're glance at the news and you're like, oh man, a lot of shit happened this past week that I missed, you know, that I, that I wasn't paying attention to anything, but my own kind of, uh, shit that I was d dealing with, you know, but, uh, but it is, it's almost like it's not, it's not real. Cause you're not, you're not dealing with it, but it's out there. And it's like, oh, that's a, that's a thing. But yeah, everything just gets kind of turned down and like things that, you thought were important or not as important, you know, it, it, it's a nice shift in perspective. It really is. Oh, a couple more things. Uh, first, so I took a week off last week. I didn't go to work. I didn't do anything. I just rested. Uh, you know, had my, had my beautiful couple of days with the catheter, got that taken out, which is, um, I, swear, I oh my God, you guys. I don't know if you've ever had a catheter, but if you have, then you know the worst part is uh, getting it removed. Now, maybe, maybe having it put in is also fucking painful, but I was asleep. So I was under anesthesia, was not aware of it. Um, I woke up, tube in my dick. Like that's, it's like, all right, and here's your, and there you are. Um, but having it taken out, this is <laughs> my, uh, that was the whole thing is it, it, it made my short-term memory. Like uh, it, was, it was like, this is, like when they took it out and I, after cursing the, uh, the male RN who, uh, who removed it, I went, man, I'm sorry. He goes, no, I've been called worse. And I just was like, Oh, that might be the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> Never mind all the, <laughs> all the ODs and the, uh, six months in jail and, rehab and losing everything twice and then rebuilding things back up. No, 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 no. This, this right here, 
this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Because <laughs> it that it fucking hurt. And then, okay, so they've got it set up to where you got the catheter, right? And I'm not going, going into the details there, but what happens is, is that they've got this um, this plastic like holder that like holds the tube so that when you're carrying around this bag of your of pee, um, that you don't yank it. And if you yank it, it'll yank your leg and not your dick. So it, it, it clips to that, you know, it gives you, make sure that there's no, you know, uh, yeah, tension. You don't pull it. Well, that thing that's connected to your leg is taped to your leg with whatever this adhesive that that needs to be removed with alcohol. So they took the catheter out, and I thought to myself, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me. But then, even with the alcohol, they took the tape off of my leg and didn't shave me before they put it on. And I went, oh, fuck you. No, that's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. So it's like two of the worst things that's ever happened to me, pain-wise, at least this is what I, I, I believed, happened in a very short, like concurrently. So like I was done for the day. I'm like, oh, that's it. I'm going to go home and do nothing. I am going to recover from this because this, that sucked a lot. And it reminded me of I've got a big scar on my, the, my right arm where I got cellulitis. Um, they had to remove the, all the infection out of my arm. Cut, they had to cut that out. And I got that from reusing my same needles. Even though I was trying to bleach them out and clean them, guess what? Didn't work. Um, when I was in the hospital for that, they had a uh, they had something called a wound vac that was like the sponge that like they, that was cut like the same size as the wound, and it pressed on it, and it's like a vacuum it's like a vacuum cleaner. This is a vacuum that like that while it's on the pressure on there, it sucks out bacteria and gunk and stuff. And it helps it, it, it speeds up the healing process of it dramatically. Apparently um, you can, you can Google it wound vac. Um, so, but here's the thing. They had to, so they put it on you, but then they have to tape it on you. So while that whole process, that whole, you know, healing and dealing with all this stuff in my arm, the single most painful part of all of that is them changing it every day and pulling the tape off of my arm. Every day that was the worst. And, and it's weird to me. That two different, the two times that I've had surgery or been in a hospital, hospital or surgery center, the two most painful parts of both of those things has been adhesive. It's been tape. Not anything else. The fucking tape is the worst. 
And it seems to me that maybe if we can do some medical advances about other thing, maybe they can do something else. They can use a different kinds of tape. I don't know. Have they considered clamps? Maybe they could tie a ribbon. I, that seems like it's going in the opposite direction of uh, evolving technology, but it maybe it would work just as well and not uh, fucking hurt. I don't know. I don't. I don't know why they don't. Uh, they don't do that. Here's another thing that uh, that happened after spending a week at home, not doing much. I may have run to the grocery store once or had a curbside pickup one time. It was like like gradually building into it, into activity and being out and about and stuff. But uh, I had like I had like track tracksuit pants on like the whole week and like sweatpants. And I was like, now I see what the buzz is about. You know what? I may not go back to regular jeans again, regular pants again, even Dickies, my Dickies work pants. I may not go back to those. I may just stick with track pants. I, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to go full Russian mobster, you know, white undershirt with my track pants, but I don't know. My little Irish flat cap. I look like a fucking gangster, aging gangster. Um, but I may do that. I may just, you know, I'm wearing track pants today. I wore those to work. I'm like, look, this is comfortable. Maybe I'll go back. I don't know if I will. This may be who I am now. This is this is where I've this is where I've uh, ended up. So anyway, that's the update. I know I'm at the end here, and a little, a little late on this, but uh, if you're a sober person, I hope you're staying sober. If you're not a sober person, I hope you're staying sane. Got to discuss uh, sobriety and heroin addiction and stuff with a coworker who was curious. So that was interesting. It was interesting being asked what... Uh, what does heroin do to you? I'm like, oh my God, what doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I had to, I also got to tell her it's weird because um, even though, you know, I, heroin nearly killed me, nearly completely ruined my life. It's still one of those things. It's been over 10 years. And yet still, I hear people talking about the opioid crisis and people bring up fentanyl and it's like, man, it's scary out there. It's tragic. Yeah. I still feel the urge to lean in and go, you know, heroin is still better, right? It's still the best. I just, I'm just saying it's still the best. Like, I feel the need to defend it. It's weird. After all that, it's like defending Harvey Weinstein. Really. It's like going, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. He's a 
piece of shit. But Pulp Fiction was a great movie. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying Goodwill Hunting is a solid film. Producer, great producer, producer credits. It's all I'm, all I'm saying. That's, that's the basically what I'm doing, but I'm defending heroin. It's just, and that, and that isn't, that's a heroin addict to a T. That's what we do. We, we want you to know that, yeah, we ruined our lives. We had a hell of a self-destruction, but we picked the best drug. For some reason, it's the, it's some kind of weird, like drug addiction elitism thing that heroin addicts have. They all do. They're all like, cause they deep down inside believe, Hey man, I'm, I'm, I've got the, I'm picking the best drug. I'm using the best drug to kill myself with. That's, it's, it's dark and it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. If it doesn't kill you, it's kind of funny. That's how I, that's what I believe. Stillsoberpod at gmail.com for any questions or comments that are positive to neutral. Appreciate it. We'll see you next week. All right. Later. Yeah.